In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, never let it be said that the Church of Reconciliation does not stand for something. Uh, you might have noticed about three-fourths of the way through that there was instruction to stand. I apologize, but we all just corporately stood together through the entire Passion Gospel, so uh, that was your last little bit of suffering for Lent, and I can't wait to brag to all my priest friends. <laughs> Palm Sunday is a tension point in the church calendar, in the lectionary, in the liturgical calendar. We're not quite to Easter yet, and Lent is beginning to end, and it's a weird Sunday where we read two Gospels, and these two Gospels are four chapters apart, and there's roughly five days that take place between these four chapters, and the stories that we have encountered this morning that we have read together are bookended. The triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem, which we read on the labyrinth this morning, and then the passion, the trial and crucifixion of Jesus. The modern reader reading or hearing these two passages at the same time in the same service might just feel like they are experiencing whiplash because it goes from celebration to crucifixion so quickly our heads almost spin. In fact, this week in our staff meeting, as we read the, the Passion Gospel together, people wondered aloud, why in the world do we even read the Passion on Palm Sunday? Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday are later in the week. Aren't we kind of getting ahead of ourselves? And yet, these two passages, I think, need to be read together. They bring us into this moment of tension between this celebration of Christ and who Christ was and the conclusion, the thing that this led to, the consequences of Christ's actions in the world. If you are feeling pressure or tension this morning between these two passages, I think that is the right feeling. So what exactly happened? In the first parts of Jesus' ministry, he was a nuisance to the religious leaders of the day, to the chief priests and the scribes. They were bothered by him. They wished that he would be quiet, but they were not yet plotting to kill him. And yet now something has changed. Not only have they plotted, but they have carried out their plan. The Gospels give us some indication of what might have spurred on these events. We learn that the chief priests and the scribes were angry because Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, his friend. And this, in some sense, was irrefutable evidence, not of who Jesus claimed to be, but what the growing crowds began to believe about Jesus, that he just might, in fact, be the disciple. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us that they begin to plot not only to kill Jesus, but also to kill Lazarus. They wanted to remove not only the irrefutable evidence, but they wanted to get rid of the problem and all who were able to testify to it. And then today in our gospel passage that we read out in the labyrinth, or on the labyrinth, it's not that Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah, but now suddenly great multitudes of people were surrounding him. In the gospel of Luke, they are laying down their cloaks. In the other gospels, they are laying down 
palm leaves. I'm thankful that we call this Palm Sunday and not Cloak Sunday. And they are acknowledging who this Jesus is. He is a king, and blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Perhaps this phrase sounds familiar to you. And so, in the face of irrefutable evidence and the recognition of the great multitudes that Jesus just might, in fact, be the Messiah, they begin to plot to kill him and they carry out this plan. And so, on Palm Sunday, we are confronted. This is not just the Sunday before Easter. We are confronted with the fact that Jesus did not die, he was killed. And that doesn't look as good on our pastel-colored decorations. And it doesn't seem as good for our church billboards to say that Jesus was killed. But in fact, this is the case. The religious leaders plotted to kill him. Judas, one of his best friends and closest confidants, betrayed him. His captors beat and mocked him before his trial. And when he was being tried, the very last failsafe, those who were in power failed to stand up for the facts that they had actually observed and investigated and instead gave way to the voice of the crowd that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And so on Palm Sunday, we are confronted with this fact that the way of Jesus was so subversive, so countercultural, such a radical way of living in love in the world, that the gospel was just a little bit too much of the good news for everyone and not just the select few. Suddenly it meant that the people who had held on to power and wealth and privilege in this society might have to give a little bit of this up so that others could have room and voice at the table and it caused them to act. And so on Palm Sunday, you and I are confronted with this same fact. The gospel of Jesus continues to be, today, just as subversive, just as countercultural, just as threatening to the powers that be and the status quo that would like to keep the world just as it is because it is good for a select few and not for all. And yet, you and I are called to walk the way of Jesus, the way of radical love, the way that welcomes all to the table and turns away no one. And so today, as we enter into Holy Week, the choice is ours. Will we be the ones that say that the gospel is just a little too good of news? We want it to be good news for us, but not for those people over there who don't look like us or don't attend the same church as us or live in a a different zip code than us or the the color of their skin is different. The gospel can't be good news for them too. Will we be those kind of people? Or... Will we be the ones who join the multitude, who joyfully celebrate the entry of Christ, who call out, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, who acknowledge that Jesus truly is King. Amen. I invite invite you to stand with me again and to affirm our faith together, saying the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, 
the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic